Hi, Isabel. Hello, Dima. Welcome to Berlin. Oof, that was a really long day, wasn't it? It was. It was also a pretty long drive here and a pretty long drive through Berlin. I always forgot how big Berlin is. So I'm quite excited that I made it here. So you came from Frankfurt to Berlin on a van? Oh uh, yeah, I came by yesterday, um, actually to stop by an event, a little talk about the Silk Road Mountain Race. And just when I figured out um, how big Berlin is and how far it would be to my hotel, you saved my life by having me over. You're welcome, but <laughs> <laughs> now you have no choice. You just use your uh, presence here to, to record the podcast. That's okay. So today in Berlin is like, one of very important events is what Steppenwolf. So it was a race. At some point you were like, mm, maybe like, what are we going to do on the Saturday? Maybe we should go and participate the race. And uh, was it the race actually, or just uh, something like a challenge, you know? Good call. I'm not sure they officially call it a race, um, but there's a 200 and 150 kilometer distance. And I, I assume the people that come first, they do race. <laughs> I believe there's also a lot of people that just rather take it as a challenge. Anyway, our decision this time was not to take part in the race. At the same time, we discovered that there is a social ride also dedicated to this big event. So we decided, yeah, why not? Let's participate in this group ride. So how did you like it? I actually liked it also because it meant we could get out of bed a lot later. The people that uh, joined the yeah, long so ride, <laughs> yeah, they obviously had to leave really early and it wasn't the best weather in Berlin today. It was really foggy when we got up. I could hardly see like the wall from the next door building. Um, so I'm quite glad we got to like sleep in and wait for the sun <laughs> to come out. And the social ride was pretty nice. It was, uh, I think, 40k. When we were standing at the starting point, just before we started, you mentioned that the cycling communities in Berlin might be different from those in Frankfurt. Yes, definitely. What did you mean? Yeah, so I live in Frankfurt and we do obviously also have social rides. I think there's social rides everywhere or all kinds of rides. Um, but obviously, like communities look very different depending on where you go. And we have a lot of very sporty communities. Um, they're very focused on performance as well. Um, we have a lot of roady communities that sometimes go gravel in the winter, but for a lot, it's rather like alternative training. We do have some slower paced communities as well that just take it easy, uh, but it's a bit more of the exception and like in general, people care about like how they look like or how they appear when they go into a social ride. I think this situation is typical of many social rides. And after a few kilometers riding in a party pace and constantly chatting with people, you mentioned that it looks like in Berlin, a social ride is... It's actually social, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's actually social. So uh, people come to the social ride just to, to, like, to, to, to meet other people, to talk about bikes, to talk about nature, to talk about different things. And uh, it was a lot less about, I don't know, performance and everything else. What do you think about it? Yeah, that, that was pretty pretty nice um, to see that, like, yeah, people go on social rides to actually socialize and spend, like, a good time and, like, really do a ride where everybody's, like, welcome and everybody can join. And no matter what bike you bring, you're going to be able to, like, keep up with the, with the pace. I remember years ago when I first started road cycling, it was much more intimidating to come to a group ride. 
the culture of road cycling was very strong and it is very specific even now. You have to look perfect. A slim body shape, a perfect and expensive outfit, not to mention shaved legs and the rules about how you have to wear sunglasses. <laughs> All that is so intimidating. I feel like things in general are changing now. People are becoming a little more diverse and somehow they care less about performing and more about feeling comfortable and having fun. Yeah, I, I assume like, I mean, Berlin is such a huge city that I'm pretty sure you have all kinds of groups. Yeah, like, And there, yeah. there will probably also be the roadies that see it as a training ride and it's totally. still the same. Um, and there's the people that care more about like having a social ride and the comfort, etc. And yeah. just like there's such a diverse and big community or so many different communities, then you will be able to find the people that suit what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. From my experience, some of the social rides I've uh, tried to join or I've joined in the in the past and different places um it becomes at some point quite some social pressure you think about like oh did i shave my legs or did i taper before so i can keep up with the pace on the social ride wait it's a social ride right um so yeah. it's like it becomes quite some stress and pressure yeah. and i realized this year i did some quite some more riding on my own just to not feel like pushed especially after being sick not feel like oh actually i want to take it easy and just recover and see how i feel and not have to like race my lungs off to keep on the back wheel of somebody on a mm -hmm. social ride um so yeah there's uh um places where it's a bit more difficult i guess to find like the ride you fit into and I, it seems like here the community is so big and average that you will find the group that you're looking for and it might even differ like there's days you want to be the racy person there's days you just want to be social and take it easy and that's um, what I really enjoyed uh, in the group today I assume there were people that were really experienced and like they could ride really fast and like they could probably even have raced the whole Steppenwolf today but they didn't want to they wanted to be there to socialize and have a good time okay let's talk about inclusivity in cycling communities it's really cool that you mentioned that now it's getting easier to find a group based on your riding style your pace your gender and a lot of other things which means more people are getting into the sport and really enjoying it yeah it's definitely like a lot of our bigger sport it's also i guess like the community aspect of it grew quite a lot like the fact that there's so many collectives and clubs and communities besides just like the traditional cycling clubs and federations you'd always had um i guess that adds a lot to the diversity in the sport but i'm not sure it's always that inclusive because like there's always a lot of the times there seems to be like not. unwritten no, no, no. rules and there's still like a very specific picture people have and even with these social rides i find it super interesting that the longer you've been in the cycling bubble um the less you reflect on it in a way that you you are able to actually think about it as an outsider yeah. and thinking back like when I started cycling, I was really fortunate to have like a very strong group of women around me that encouraged me to to keep on the riding, but also encouraged me to grow and get faster and then go into a diverse group, right, with like men and just grow as a cyclist as, as well. And I never since had the problem of like joining a group ride based on feeling I wouldn't be able to like hold up with them. That's nothing that ever helped me back, really. Isn't that great that you had this opportunity? 
this safe space that allowed you to get into cycling and develop yourself to the point where you feel strong and confident. How many people need that right now? Yeah, that's the thing. Like you keep forgetting. I think like just having the safe space to start out with is like really important. And I was very fortunate to have like a good group to start with. And now like at that point, I don't need that anymore. But there are a lot of people. And we just had a um, little workshop the other day in a gravel community. And I talked to some people there and they told me their story of how they ended up joining this, this gravel group. Yeah. And um, I was very surprised that one of the guys, because that's actually often an issue that's just, um, yeah, discussed as being an issue that women have. But one of the guys actually said like, oh, you know what, like I, it took me quite a long time to join this group because I wasn't sure I could like, I would be fast enough and I could keep up. So it just kept stealing their routes on Commute. And I just do that myself. And then I compare the pace that I did with the pace they did like the few days back as a social ride. And only when I felt like, oh yeah, I can go the same pace. I actually really joined that group. And, um, I've heard that a lot as like an issue that women might have, that they feel like they'd be too slow and that's why they don't join because they don't want to be the slow one or they don't want to hold. That's actually more of the thing. They don't want to hold anybody else back. Um, but it's not just women. It's like the general thing, exactly. that's like very intimidating to a lot right. of people. That It's not like just, do I have the right bike? Um, am I dressed the right way but also the am i fast enough can i do this and that's why i really really enjoyed today there was no like this is the pace or you need to have this bike or that like there were all kind of people there was a guy with a child and a child seat in the back yeah. and there were hey, people Simon. on like city bikes and a road bike and gravel bikes and um everybody made it work and it was just it was a very easy pace it was nothing that like got me sweating but um that wasn't the point the point it was, was that so it was a social it was, ride. it was so cool to see actually diversity in this situation yeah they they came here not to show off they came here to to see other people and enjoy themselves yeah. to be honest years ago i was in a very similar situation when I wasn't confident enough to join a group ride. Oh, really? So I took some routes from some social rides and I rode them on my own, alone, just to make sure I could do it, that I was fast enough, that I could deal with technical terrain and things like that. <laughs> I didn't join group rides because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So now I have a question to you. You have worked for years as a community manager for cycling and... You also have seen all kinds of people and been in all kinds of situations, right? How do you make people feel welcome and safe when they join the ride? Um, yeah, I guess like the kind of events or um, group rides we often attend as like community managers are like um, rides that are organized like for like for the cycling bubble already. But like being part of these kind of communities for a long time, you can really see how they grow and how like they become more diverse. And I think because you just asked that question, there is a lot you can do to change or to work on that problem of like um, mm -hmm. inviting people in. And I think a big part of it is communication beforehand, um, just making it clear what to expect. Just um, so so basically talk to people before they ride or when it yeah, starts. or make it 
it make it easy to be approachable and ask questions so that's something or then a lot of it is also like not direct communication but just the way you communicate like the for example like the pictures you show like if you represent a very diverse group of people in the pictures you show on instagram etc you also like give them the feeling that they are being invited and this is a group for them so exactly um, that's a very good example yes like you don't um a lot of i guess communities don't think about that enough or too much but it's like a, it's a huge difference that when you look at that from the outside and you try to find out is that for me this is like what you're looking at and these are like the faces you see right. and this like yeah. so this is something like i guess you can do a lot and just make sure like you're being inclusive and like the language you use and the pictures you use and being approachable it's really cool seeing that with the size of the community there is like an opportunity to find like the kind of right or the kind of community that that fits you like um but still there's like loads of different motivations and um there's yeah, not a like one right exactly. fits all like you can't yeah. make everybody join that that really nice right we did today and they'll be happy with it yeah. every day yeah i also like fast riding or racing so sometimes you just need a way to understand and this particular event might just not be for yeah. you but that's what i mean with like communicating like yesterday could have been faster but i didn't care because i knew what i was being in for kind of i knew mm -hmm. that it would be just very social easy pace just getting together and then it's fine for me just like yeah. making it clear what to expect from it like often helps um the same with like pace when you communicate it's max gonna be a 25k an hour pace for right and don't go 28 because there might be people who were just like okay i can do that but they might be very put off when in the end they yeah, absolutely. Have to i think communication makes harder. a lot of difference it's communication social media it's communication before the ride explaining what to expect explaining how people should behave but also that there are many things that are totally normal and they should not be afraid of them like the way you dress up the way you look and uh, things like that right how did you start cycling? When, <laughs> when did it happen? Um, I started in 2017, I think. Yeah, 2017. Oh. I... What did you do before? Oh, loads Let's of keep... stuff, loads of stuff. Like, how far do you want to go back? <laughs> 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 to my football career as a child? Right. Or... <laughs> Wait a second, <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, let's talk about cycling. First. <laughs> cycling first. I started in 2017, like um, basically because, well, it's a typical cycling story. My knee hurt from running and I couldn't run. And uh, I decided to buy a bike instead. My partner at that time did some riding, like not crazy amounts, but sometimes. And like it seemed to be a good option until my knee was better and I bought mm -hmm. a bike and then realized I really, really enjoyed it. And I was lucky that at that time I worked for a big sport company in the industry, which like so many employees that just was in that company, there were like so many people crazy about bikes that we had our own little women community within the company. Um, this is cool. And that was amazing. Yeah. So we would have like after work rides back um, home. Um, we would be like, commuting together we would have social rides we would have like rides for the ones who wanted to go faster but all within this like bubble of of women back then and um yeah i think i've done that for like a 
Yeah, and um, after that, I kind of felt like uh, the road was getting too boring and I wanted to get off-road. And I think in 2018, I bought a gravel bike then and just started this is so typical. exploring. Yeah, first on my my own, like I did, yeah, there were not too many people with gravel bikes around me at that time, really. I just, the gravel was a thing for myself then um, in the beginning, but I really enjoyed that. Um, but that's how it started. I did start and... And a social group that really helped me to find into it and was really, really amazing. Gave me a lot of confidence. How do you get into cycling, actually? Well, it's a very long story. I think we can record a separate podcast about that. Gabby and I made a presentation about how to how to become a cyclist, which was like a funny, more like it. Like how to? Okay. How to become a cyclist. Do you know that Gabby used to be a um, aerobics instructor? I had heard about it. I don't know in detail <laughs> so, <laughs> how much okay, detail okay, is there to okay, it. <laughs> I don't know in detail about it, but it, we really made a presentation about it, how to become a cyclist, Gabby and I together, and like just explaining how you like transition from my aerobics instructor to a cyclist and for me from a designer to someone who is more or less into cycling too and yeah it's a long story i can we can record a separate podcast about it maybe at some point oh yeah well back to the topic like your journey into cycling was that what do you think was it inspired by like you already worked for commune but was it like your colleagues or was it like well, generally the industry or was it just like Berlin and the environment and community here or like a mix of everything? I think, yeah, it's like a mix of everything, but I think like the ability to have a community. I did like cycling before. I really like performance. I really like to be fast. I really like competition too. So I kind of like at some point started even enjoying racing a little bit. And uh, like all of this in combination also with community and being able to join a community of interesting people who also like something that you like, like all of this was like, oh my God, this is, this is just like a perfect combination. And uh, I couldn't stop after that. <laughs> yeah, community is so important. And I guess that's why at some point I also became a community manager. And it displays in the end, like how much community always meant to me also and I think like my journey with like communities um started in school already like I was having not the best time in school and I felt like I'm not really fitting in here and I was really struggling and then I discovered parkour at the time going back to my long way to cycling um <laughs> <laughs> so Let's after the football that. career came the parkour <laughs> um jumping over like well, benches, but also some roofs and through the city in Frankfurt. Now what came with like a big community, like that's also a sport that's like driven. It's not competitive, but it's like very community focused. You just help each other and you support each other and you figure out things together. And it's like a very strong bond between the people you train and practice with. Yeah. And that was like a place that really made me feel at home or like belonging and fitting in and something I was always like missing in, in school exactly, and really yeah. didn't have and nothing mattered like where you came from and how old you were and backgrounds and what you were wearing. It was just about like this, we have something we all really love doing and we do that together. And that was yeah. like so great. And um, yeah, like that was the same later with all of the kind of sports I felt drawn to since that, like from parkour to climbing and then outdoor sports like running or yeah this and is, the cycling like yeah this is what really gets you into any sport yeah. and this is what really 
keeps you there it's people yeah. people all the time and people like-minded people the feeling that you belong to to this group the feeling that you can share your passion with people around you that also like it even though everyone else is like what the fuck are you doing to me to me endurance cycling especially endurance cycling gives me so much energy I, I'm getting sick a lot less after, like, when I, when I do sports. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've been sick a lot this year, especially, so I can't really say cycling. Yeah, so it's very personal. Always yeah. just gives me good health. But even if it's not physical health, like, just for your mental well-being, I find it so important. And if it's cycling for you or something else, like... Um, a lot of the days after work, I feel like, oh, should I really still go for a ride? I'm so tired. And as soon as you're on the bike, it's yeah, so just go for a so ride. Nice. Don't and, think about it. And yes. you are getting less tired actually if you if you do it. What's your trick to get there? Like because looking back at it, you know that it's gonna make you feel better at that moment when you finish work and you. No, you should go for a ride, but at that moment you feel tired and you're like, ah, oh, should I really still go? Yes. What makes just, you go then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just tell myself, 100%, you will feel better. 100%. Just, just make it happen. Just make it happen. Just get out. Get out. Go. It's, it's not just about cycling. Running. Too. Can I call you next time? I don't. I don't feel like. I want to go because I'm not it's sure miserable, can, and then well, Dima, well, you'll be like, I, you'll feel better. <laughs> if I can kick your ass, then, <laughs> then it's going to work. <laughs> Otherwise, it won't work. Yeah, but to me, like, just like get out, get out, go for a run, get out, go for a bike ride. You will feel better, 100%. I know that. Just make it happen. And Definitely, sometimes yeah. I don't do it still. Like, you know, there are different situations. Okay, let's talk about, um, do you have any plans like adventure plans for the future. I do. You do too. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, it was like we still have a plan. <laughs> yeah, let's show off our plans. <laughs> well, we still need to make part of the plan, but we have a rough plan. We have a rough which plan, which I'm really excited about. So we are gonna spend December in Portugal and Spain. Yeah. Which looking there now. Well, the weather is really nice, sounds lovely. I hope it will still be really lovely in December. That's the only thing I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, nervous about, like the weather being really stormy and cold and uh, miserable. But um, yeah, it looks like it, it sounds like a quite an amazing plan. And what I'm really, really, really excited about, I hope you are too, is that um, we already did a trip last year, so just to give some context, we've been on the Canaries last year and we had a little Airbnb together with some more colleagues and we spent some lovely weeks just cycling in warm weather. Yeah, let's also mention it. Simon because oh, we yeah. will do it. Hi, Simon. Yeah, hi, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> so because we're going to, for now, we have a plan to do three of us, Simon, Isabel and I, we go on a um, bike trip through all December and through all Portugal and a little bit of Spain. And um, how do we start? Where do we start? We start in Porto and that's what different this time. We will not be stationed like in one place, but we yeah. will hop. So we meet in Porto and then we'll have an Airbnb to work from for the week. Well, you you might be off completely. You might be the only one that doesn't need to work anymore. Actually, I'm the lazy one, yes. The lazy one that saved their vacations. Simon <laughs> and I will have to do work during the week, which means a new setup for me too. I've never had to carry a laptop on the bike. I, I still need to figure all of that out. We still have like a month. How do you plan to keep your laptop on the bike? 
I actually bought like um I got a quick rack from Oddleap. Um and there's two like gravel pannier bags from Oddleap too, like right? smallish, but the laptop just fits. Um yeah, so it will be the first time for me with actual pannier backs on the bike. I test ride it at once to the lake. It's quite a different feeling. Um yeah. Why is it different? It's it's just like the the way it just of bike is just much more like low and in the back mm-hmm. and well it feels very stable it just um on trails and stuff it just feels like less dynamic um yeah. less yeah. like yeah so i guess I, i'm very curious for the route um that we will choose and how it's gonna work out i feel like uh, i'm not gonna be set up to ride crazy trails but uh, it should still be fun and it feels really stable having the the weight quite low on the on the bike but it's quite different to how i used to ride always just like with exactly. a small saddlebag yeah. and then weight much more distributed so so you need the laptop because the plan is you're gonna work and ride the, bikes yeah. all the time which is very interesting this is something that simon does all for year already, round, yeah. for already like years, like how many years? And this is something that you also want to try. So basically, like traveling and riding bikes at the same time, it's kind of interesting, and not being on the same place. So you constantly move, like having this nomad life, and um, seeing different places, being in different places, and uh, continue working, but also riding bikes all the time, nonstop. I'm really curious to see how it works out. For Simon, seems like he found a really good rhythm of like working and He's being super present experienced in the place. That. Yes, and I, I hope I can figure that out too, and like really settle into the place we are and get my work done. And um, yeah, just the way he does. But it's it's very new, and uh, it's yeah, it seems super super exciting. And I'm actually super excited that we do have the opportunity to do that i mean how cool is that to be able to travel for a month um on your bike and just take your job with you so yeah, yeah i'm really excited well to do it's that. not that easy first of all i mean how many people actually also have an opportunity for for remote work but i mean having this kind of life uh riding bikes and uh keeping your computer on the bike and continue working all the time it's not that easy so not everyone can do it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like even a lot of our colleagues, like a lot of us would have the opportunity theoretically to do something like that all the time. However, a lot of people choose to not. And I guess that shows that a lot of people actually need or want a little bit more stability in their life yes. or they choose to yeah, have. Me too. Yeah. That's, why, that's why I decided to join only for months and not riding with Simon all yeah. the time. So most of the people actually really need some, some like, you know, like a corner where you can spend most of your time. Yeah, yeah. me too. I guess me too. Like, I'm really excited for that. And I think it will be super cool for months. And I think we will learn a lot about ourselves exactly. at that time. Um, but I'm pretty sure already that it wouldn't be for me, like, permanently. Yeah, something to figure out. Maybe, maybe you will like it maybe i will like it too and maybe i will can never come back <laughs> <laughs> okay people goodbye <laughs> so how could you get ready for months of a bike ride yeah i feel like a month is still quite sure right like looking at the setup that simon has put together and i think he left on his 
trip around the world, which it might be in the end. He's not really planning to come back anytime soon. Um, last week, and I think it's the weight of his bike is like 40 kilograms. Yeah, he mentioned 40 kilos. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So that's, I think that's a whole different story. I think like for months, it's still fine. We'll get by on quite little clothes and minimalistic yeah. setup. And I'm hoping that my bike will not be like over 30 kilogram and i don't think it's gonna be that much different from like a two-week trip also it will have a little bit more leisure wear well well i don't know actually is it different for from two-week trip and is it different from one week trip i assume for me it will be a little bit because when i go bikepacking for two weeks i don't really care at all about having anything normal to wear and we will have these like weeks in the city. We will even spend Christmas and New Year's somewhere. So I might pack like one decent outfit. <laughs> <laughs> like a dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping a dress. Yes, sure. Why not? I'll figure that out. Maybe I'll bring a dress. Um, so something to wear would be nice. And then obviously it's the work stuff. But other than that, um, I think it will be pretty similar from, from any other trip. And I don't really consider changing big things on the setup so i think that's that's fine and honestly like training wise or something i'm a bit out of shape i haven't been riding as much Same. as i wanted to simon has been crushing it the whole summer but i just hope that his bike will be so heavy that that evens out everything and uh we will make it work and then how like like i always do i just think i'll just get fit along the way that's kind of my plan yeah yeah this is my plan too yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like on the canneries last uh, year we put you through a bit, little bit of suffering in the first week Thank and you, you so were the fittest of everybody yeah. yeah 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 so yeah i also like i had to keep up for the first week and it was kind of hard to do this after that you're just getting ready for that yeah and you just adjust it and it works perfectly i think for me it looks like the biggest challenge that it, we will have is to find out or get ready for the weather because it's really for me it's really hard to understand what to expect it will, will, will it be cold will it be not cold how much rain do we have get ready for the rain and also we want to camp out from time to time so having camping equipment and will it be camping equipment for warm weather or cold weather uh. Yeah, I struggle with that too because it's a kind of season where you don't really know what you end up getting. I don't know if it's, it makes sense to just wait it out and then look at it when we're approaching it because in the end we will be away for over a month so it can always just change. So you, you kind of have to prepare for every yeah. eventuality. So I think I'll just go with layering systems and like, you yeah. know, like instead of bringing only like long clothes just like go with the bib shorts and like warmer yeah. thing where you can just like puzzle together whatever you need so i think the, there are two ways to get ready for something like this either you bring a lot of stuff or you bring very little stuff but it's like very universal so you can exchange things or like apply layers i still have a joker to be fair um my partner is joining us for oh, Christmas yes. to New Year's. 
So I might pack lighter and just uh, hope for good weather. Oh, and in case things this got, is why yeah. you did it. This That's is why, why I made okay, him come. I got you <laughs> now. Bring my extra pack of like Finally. thick layers and <laughs> anything I might need. Oh my god! So now I understand. Now I understand your, your move. <laughs> Yeah, it's a collaboration. Yeah, good for you. Bring the extra warmth in a tent and bring the extra layers. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about it. Really, welcome together. Good for you. <laughs> so we will travel from from Porto to like over over Lisbon down to very south of Portugal, and then they will be part of European divide trail and you want to take it and ride through like some parts of Spain on European divide, right? Yeah. It will be totally different. It's so remote there. I think so. So the European divide trail actually is a trail that goes over 7,600 kilometers, I think, through, through the whole of Europe. And it actually finishes, it goes the other way around. It finishes down in Portugal. Um, coming in from from Spain and it looks amazing I'd love to ride the whole thing one day but that will take several months um, yeah. and we don't have that time yeah but it's we, amazing yeah we've heard so many great things about it um, next time yeah next time <laughs> <laughs> very Just, soon uh, yeah, if you yeah, like it or day. not I don't know <laughs> but yeah it's a, a great chance to write part of it and so many people have said like especially Portugal and Spain must be really nice to part so I'm, I'm curious for that and yeah I don't really know what it's going to be like um but yeah we can always replan and I'm really I'm really excited for for yeah for the trail honestly yeah yeah it sounds like uh like the most challenging maybe part that we'll have especially taking into account Simon's 40 kilos bike and I don't know how many kilos will be my bike yeah let's see I'm really looking forward to this challenge. Do you do you plan to do something else after that? I don't really have too much of a plan for next year yet now. Um, I don't really know yet what work-wise the next year is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so expecting you really from, need to plan something. Yeah, so I haven't really put too much planning out because I, I, yeah, I want to figure out what my work situation is gonna be like what's the role i'm gonna be in if that means i depend on staying in a certain country or be at certain places at a certain time and once that's figured out i will hopefully do planning for the year it's a bit weird like the past years i always had quite an outlook for the next year and i knew what i'd want to do i i don't really have that now but that's that's also fine that means there's still a blank canvas to be painted so it's nice Good. What's your plans? I think my biggest plan would be finish the ride in Portugal, come back to Berlin, switch real quick before the gathering, then when we go skiing in Dolomites, and then I will come back to Berlin, and if I'm alive... And if you're alive, <laughs> I'm well, scared well, of the skiing. <laughs> well, I don't want to be so dramatic, but I mean, so many things can happen, like from, from cycling for for one month to to skiing in, in Dolomites if everything is fine I will continue planning and I really 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 want to do again uh, Grand Guanche oh, this yeah. one Grand Guanche gravel and uh, so the plan would be like very rough plan to go to uh, Canary Islands for at least several weeks before the race 
because it was so really good to have like to train in real mountains in good weather in canary islands last year it gave me so much more energy than i was trying to do it on an indoor trainer before and it completely didn't work it's so demotivating first of all second it's really hard to do it it's huge difference if you just go on a sunny day bike ride in canary islands in the mountains definitely huge difference and it gives you so much energy it's not just you 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 are energized after bike ride more than ever before and you will never get this energy from an indoor trainer something that so i really really prefer and recommend to everyone just go cycling somewhere where you can cycle and do it outside if you have the chance of remote working (laughs) yeah well there are many many reasons why you won't be able to have a chance uh, for many reasons but if you have this chance good for you use it for me it works a lot better than uh, indoor training and uh, now i have this uh, expensive wahoo that i don't use for a couple of years and i'm like should i give it up and just sell it (laughs) i don't know what to do with it yeah same that sounds amazing actually like um i'm already curious to join i we think i think we talked earlier about the canneries and i've just been thinking back on it and a friend asked me for recommendations and well yeah i just made a note like of all the great places we've seen and we've been to and like what's the nicest areas and where they should visit and i had all these pictures back in my mind and i was like oh, i need to go back yeah. too so that that sounds like a lovely plan it's always a great place to come back to yeah it's always nice to make plans for the future especially if they are like so sweet and they give you energy and also like goal to prepare for something like especially if it's a bike race or something like that or any event so yeah this is the way to go for me now and uh, let's see that's awesome yeah i guess that's it let's wrap it up (laughs) sure that's a a good um good finish to start uh, planning for the next year yeah Um, and dreaming (laughs) So thank you so much for having this talk, even though it wasn't easy for us. We were like so tired. So it was more like, a, uh, you know, relaxed late night lullaby <laughs> <laughs> podcast. But it was still really interesting to talk about many things. And uh, thank you for sharing. Thank you for having me. Sure. It's You're really still nice welcome. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah. Come next time to Berlin, let's talk again. Maybe um, we meet uh, on a warmer place next time. Let's see. <laughs> okay, then ciao. Ciao. Ooh, I got used to, I got used to having you in my hand. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, you're not in my hand anymore. <laughs>